The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in, that's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rude. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Welcome to the March 18th edition of One Nation Live. We are coming to you from the social suplex page on Facebook and we are dropping video with this which will be later available for on demand viewing um, as you can see I'm rocking the social suplex new shirt um, I'm here with James James what's going on man howdy don't have my social suplex shirt yet don't worry we, we're, we're gonna put the shirt on them like like uh, you know subsequent members of the NWO so you may get whooped oh, on, wow. and then we hand James a a red social suplex shirt, and then we spray paint you, you know. But um, so uh, I'll we, tell you this right now, y'all y'all spray paint me. It's not gonna be nice for y'all. Well, no, we're not gonna spray paint you. We no, gonna leave it at that. We gonna spray paint some someone else, and then uh, hand hand you the shirt, and then we all celebrate together. Okay. Can I? Can we just not do any spray painting and beating down? Can we, you know, not do violence? Do violent things? Is that too much? We will see. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, a, a bunch of things. First, we have to talk about, and this isn't wrestling, but we have to talk about <clears throat> Glenn Big Baby Davis. Now, this guy came out here with quite possibly the most legendary moment of 2018 thus far. Uh, what I'm going to do is play some of this audio. Now, James, do you want to let everyone know, like, you know, the background for this situation before, while I find the audio? Yeah. Uh, Glenn, big baby Davis, um, 2007 final four, uh, best player on that team, second best player on that team, leader of the team, um, LSU, uh, Kind of, kind of a big story. He was like an All-American in high school as far as uh, being a uh, defensive lineman, um, and he decided to stick with basketball. Problem is, he was like five eight, five ten, and he was, you know, kind of stocky. He wasn't like the, the not not nearly anything um, like the kind of build that uh, you would expect an NBA type of athlete to have. Six nine. He was like six uh, eight, six nine. In... Sorry. He was like six eight, six nine. You said five nine. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Five, yeah, six eight six nine. Um, guy that was a guy that really didn't give his body size. Didn't really have a position to pl- uh, that he could fit. Like he kind of had to play the role of a tweener. 
Um, the guy that, you know, because the weight issues or whatever, kind of really didn't know how he was going to fit in the NBA, stuck around for quite a few years, um, hit a big playoff shot, um, had a big play, had a big moment in the NBA playoffs 2010, I think 2000, I think that was game four, game three, game four, I game think. Game four. Um, but anyway, uh, got it, got it, you know, had to bust his ass to, to stick around in the NBA and um, kind of like one of those guys you say, like, you know, anybody could do this if you, if you're talented, if you have a, um, enough of a drive and a passion to want to do this sort of thing. Kind of like a, kind of like that kind of inspirational story. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, um, that guy, uh, <laughs> he got caught the other day with a quarter pound of weed on him and he had 92, $93,000 been cash on him. And, uh, it, it, so that's a trafficking charge, of course. And, um, people are kind of trying to figure out what's going on, you know, kind of, you know, Twitter, or whatever else they have their jokes about, you know, you, you show up to the house and next thing you know, NBA champion Glenn Big Baby Davis is the plug. Yes. Uh, and, uh, stuff, you know, stuff like, well, so next thing you know, he um, he decides to post, he decides to post a video declaring his innocence. So yeah, once he'll once he'll uh. He goes to court or whatever, so go ahead so, with it. So, so the, the audio doesn't do this half the justice. You have to see the video. This man is in a private plane eating Popeye's chicken with an open briefcase with stacks <laughs> and racks of money with his NBA championship ring in it. Yeah. And, you know, and here's the audio. That's a nice touch. Yeah. So here we go. Well, hold on. Here we go. I will have my day in court. They just mad because a black man get, got money, man. Just trying to keep a black man down, man. Hey, man, shout out Rollo, man. All those people, man, getting money, man. Must be legal, man. A lot of jump shots. A whole lot of jump shots. Popeye chicken. Yes. Yes, as y'all heard. So so that was the audio, Glenn Big Baby, Baby Davis. If you have not heard it or saw the video, please go find it. It is on your nearest Twitter. Uh, you know, a Twitter, a Twitter retweet near you. Um, yeah, this is amazing, bro. Um, yeah, it, Legendary. Stuntastic. Absolutely, like, yeah, we needed that for the culture. But, um... <laughs> I, yeah. Didn't know we needed it, but now that it's here, yeah, it's definitely an essential. Yes. Um... <laughs> You know, I, I, bro, uh, I can't wait for somebody to make the parody videos of these because you know it's gonna gonna happen. Somebody's gonna be coming oh, out God. here uh, just doing whatever in the parody video. But let's get to it. Um, last night I was at an NXT house show um, uh, in Largo, and it was one of the best NXT Largo events uh, that they've ever done. Uh, if you guys who follow how NXT does their tours, usually there's an A tour and a B tour. This is like the B tour, the local Florida shows where a lot of the newer trainees, uh, basically do their shows. But last night we got the big guns. We had Ricochet show up, Adam Cole, Alistair Black, uh, Kyrie Sane, Ember Moon, the iconic duo, War Machine, just bunch of folks were in the building buddy murphy uh mandrews and there was like five like great matches on there that like i felt privileged to see it was damn near a sellout in there and they it was sold out most of the, the day until they you know opened up more tickets so there was like kind of a buzz in there like we might be seeing something like important um that night so 
uh, we were in there with the Soul Suplex gear. Shout out to everyone we talked to, um, you know, with everything like that. But, um, yeah, man, that, that was pretty much it. I just wanted to, you know, talk about that real quick. But the major story uh, of the week, the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal is no longer a thing. And we hadn't done a show while they did the name of that. And it was gone before we already started it. So, James, what did you think initially about them naming the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal that? And then uh, we'll get to WWE basically folding uh, to sponsor pressure. Yeah, I I remember hearing about the... uh the Moolah Battle Royal in as a, as a joke. Uh, at first, when people were saying that they were going to actually do a women's battle royal, it seemed like just a, just something, um, obviously, that they need to do because if they're going to have one for the men, they need to have one for the women, and also because of the, the amount of women they have on the roster, um, including NXT and everybody else. That, like, if you're going to have all these all these um, matches with Rousey and um, the two women's title matches on the main card or whatever else, then you need to have something for to get all women on the as well as just like how you have the Andre Battle Royal. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we all assumed that it was going to be named after someone, but no one really knew what it was going to be. And the joke was they're going to have a fabulous because they had the Mae Young classic. They can't name that after Mae Young as well. They'll have a fabulous Moolah um, battle Royal. And that was a joke. People always knew that like, if you go and look into uh, Mae's or Moolah's history is nothing, is nothing to really celebrate. It ain't nothing so, nice as they say. Um, yeah. So after, after they went ahead and actually named it, um, after Mula, people, you know, started talking about uh, her history and, and, um, and some of the stuff she had, she has done and been claimed to do by uh, dozens of people, mm-hmm. and it's a really, really bad look, especially in the wake of, um, of, um, you know, the the Me Too movement going on um, over the last uh, year or so. So, uh, I I knew she had a bunch of stuff, you know, skeletons in her closet, if you will, whatever you want to call them. Um, uh, I had no idea that it was to this kind of um, thing to where it was like literally systematic almost and um, that and like just how uh, some of the some of the stuff how bad it is. Uh, so like I'm I kind of I'm kind of in shock that they actually went ahead and did this and you know you hear about the connection to WWE and everything else and you also know about the snooker stuff from um, last year but this one is just something that uh, people would not take and um, this might be a tipping point on. Uh, looking at the history of, of wrestlers and whether or not they actually deserve, you know, uh, some, some of the wrestlers, whether they deserve like the, the respect they command from the company. Yeah. And you know, when, when the fabulous Moolah video first dropped, um, I looked at it and I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Um, in light of the snooker stuff, as you mentioned, and then immediately my mind flashes to Hogan and the pressure that we knew this was going to create, like, hey, Fabulous Moolah's out here um, stealing these women's money, forcing them to live with her, uh, pimping them out, essentially, and doing this for, I don't know, like 50 years, apparently, like, (laughs) however long it lasted. But this was like, how tone deaf are they? What did they think that, like, they thought this was just going to be okay? So, like, either they thought it wouldn't be a big deal, or, like, they just were stupid and and didn't didn't you know realize like what would going on what would go on here. 
I think this is another win for like journalism and wrestling and also fans like having the power to change the shit like if we feel like there's some type of injustice and this clearly is that and you know i don't think it was necessarily like hey wwe changed it because of the fans obviously they changed it because of the sponsors like snickers was not having this shit um i knew there was there was something wrong when wwe shut down the comment section for the video obviously uh, they they encourage all the engagement with them and everything like that. And when once they took that step, it was like, hold on, something might uh, change here. So it's gonna be interesting to see the day they they decide to roll Hulk Hogan out there, and you know, because, because I feel like we're gonna get an even bigger version of, of this fight uh, that that went on. And score one point for for you know people like David Bixenspan and also Sean Ross Sapp that do great work on kicking the doors in on fuck shit in WWE, uh, which we're going to get to a little bit uh, more to in the John Bravo portion of this show. Uh, I don't know where James went on his video, but I'm sure he will return. Um, yeah, like, uh, the, I, I was shocked that they named it that. I was kind of even more shocked when they pulled the name, and Stephanie McMahon was on Twitter, and she went ahead and basically encouraged people to use their voice and... It was so weird because it's like, Stephanie, you don't like you didn't know this stuff. Like, is there any chance of hell Stephanie McMahon didn't know about this stuff, James? Any chance at all? If not, I'll go ahead and carry him. So um, I personally, I don't think so. Um, we got a comment from Simon. He says, you can't be the empower of women, empower of women one day and praising an abusive pimp the next. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a head scratcher, uh, in, in one of the, the biggest ways possible. Now? Yeah. Now I can hear you, James. Do you think there's any way possible that Stephanie McMahon didn't know about the Moolah stuff or WWE didn't know about this stuff when she's been such like on the inside of that whole thing with Vince's dad and everything like that. Is there any shot in hell they had no yeah, idea? De- yeah, definitely there's an idea that, that Stephanie did not know about that sort of thing. And there's also a possibility that she knew and just, you know, buried with everything else with like the snook of with the snook of uh uh stuff as well. Uh I would say this, like, you know, uh listening to Simon's comment about being uh surprised that uh they decided to put a, a quote unquote pimp or deal or, you know, put over a quote unquote pimp is like, well, they did sort of put over a Hall of Fame, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and, and this bringing in, into question now the Warrior Award and everything like that. So uh, I've seen people with reactions in the other direction blaming, um, like, saying this is. Uh, nothing more than social justice warriors and all that stuff. And to me, all that is just code for we don't care about what women or any type of like social injustice because it doesn't affect us. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've seen some some obviously dumbass takes, I feel like, on this stuff that I thought, um, you know, people just aren't realizing like what this stuff actually means to people. And the way WWE can look for that, like they're such a big company and they have to like tread lightly uh, on the, on this type of stuff, because this is the stuff that w- goes out to the mainstream because this stuff is getting picked up on dead spin. And it's like, 
did they did they live to promote the the negative stuff of this or like you know why why is this like you know what goes on um as far as you know what breaks into the mainstream like how is it always something just terrible i don't know man it's it's like there was always an old adage that Vince was kind of one of those guys that, that thought that any kind of uh, publicity is good publicity, um, but those days are over. Like that kind of stuff is just harmful for your business. Period. So, um, you know, as the, as the social as the social media landscape and um, and like uh, interaction with fans uh, ch- changes and evolves, like they're going to have to you know more and more every single year like adjust to that sort of thing and like and that's not just WWE that's all that's all big business big businesses period uh so uh this i guess you know this is just a situation where like in this instance this is a story for our realm but like this is happening all over the world and it's happening all over America and uh i think i think ultimately it is for the better to where um people are able to fully um contextualize people and not realize that like everybody's is either a sinner or a saint or whatever or a devil or an angel. So um I, I think I think this is for the better. Yeah. Um another thing, uh so on Friday was the release of the John Bravo documentary. Now everyone was waiting for this um you know all throughout the uh, the week the last couple weeks this guy was building up he had this info on roman reigns that uh was going to basically you know change the the short-term and possibly long-term future of wwe um he's been critically panned for this thing as people have rushed to discredit him and say he has no type of uh information on roman reigns or anything like that i think what the guy did was smart as far as if you are a filmmaker, like this is obviously a part of the documentary. You hype that up. Um, and then what happens with that, he came out and said that he cannot verify the allegations that this man has. And that's kind of what he's always said the whole time. These are allegations against Roman Reigns that, you know, he was involved with this. So once, and, and he said, there is a laptop that will be released into his custody with the evidence on it so if there's anything there so there's like i feel like the jury's still out here but the thing that i took from this video now james have you seen this whole thing yet no i've had sort of the rundown from um the melter and um alvarez uh breaking news and then i've also like you know uh read sort of your synopsis of it too right so they mentioned a bunch of people in the documentary, like uh, John Cena, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Brock Lesnar, uh, Jinder Mahal, Sheamus, and strangely, a guy named like Chris Cap- Cavallini or something, something like that. Now, if you don't know that name, um, I'm sure you might know this: Nutrition Solutions. It is a big like meal prep uh, service gym that's in Tampa. And the thing is, with Nutrition Solutions, they have wrestlers posting their stuff all the time. Like, either they got their meals from them, they were doing a workout there, or they're taking pics with the guy Chris uh, himself. And they actually touched on that part in the documentary. And I think that is the real big situation that could arise from this. And everyone's in such a rush to, like, exonerate Roman Reigns and whatever. Now, James, you're going to like this. 
this is bigger than Roman Reigns. Like, <laughs> if this shit is is, is 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 really like you know what it says it is, because to me, I've watched a wire. All Nutrition Solutions looks like at this point is a front. Like. I'm thinking about writing a column about this. I don't know. Maybe it'll be just here. But Nutrition Solutions looks like they're implicated with this guy, Richard Rodriguez. And what they're doing is parlaying that into relationships with wrestlers to either compensate them with the PEDs and the wrestlers in exchange for that promote their brand. Or they're like tied into it even deeper than we think. James, just does this make, am I crazy uh, like for thinking this? No, you're not crazy. I think the main thing is that I don't know how much um, in the future uh, they'll be able to sus- further substantiate other stuff. So, like, there's obvious connections and the connections that they, sh- they they highlighted that. But the thing is, they came to this thing so hot with, you know, we have Reigns. There is another guy that you know that has bunch of, obviously is a big former WWE type of person, which turned out to be Austin. Um, the thing is, they, they showed the connections, but they didn't show like any of the evidence that would actually um, put dudes away. Be basically the smoking. There was no smoking gun here, right? It right. Just the connections, and I mean, for somebody to come out and spend their time for for weeks to, to promote that they're going to quote unquote uh, out somebody for this sort of thing, like you, for me, it would been better off if they had just like been almost like a. He should have been more low key, like almost like the FBI. They should just release. They should have just did everything they need to do, release it, and then like they would still got the same amount of uh, press around them. Like it, like that, that strategy they did makes believe that like it, it makes it will make someone more like to believe that they're full of shit. If you get what I'm saying, right. then like even if they do eventually come around with stuff, people be like, oh, well, maybe you know they weren't. They, you know they did come up with whatever they said to finally tie it all together, but. They hyped it up, so they hyped it up, and like people start speculation started running rampant, whatever else. Um, but you know, whenever that you know, whenever that computer pops up, like the story's not gonna go away. It's just down for now, and then people are gonna struggle off whatever else, and when it comes up, then it'll come up. Like, but you know me, my story is like, I don't care who's on PEDs. Like, right. that doesn't that doesn't I don't give a shit. Right. Uh, the thing is with it, why I think the only what makes it important is because if these dudes start getting wellness violations, that's going to dramatically change WWE. Oh yeah. Um, if Roman Reigns gets yeah, another like if Reigns, violation, if that's Reigns 60 catches days. another PED suspension, like he can't like he goes to that Randy Orton uh, type of thing where like right. they can make him the champion, but they can never like make him the quote unquote face of the company. Right. And but they want to. And then like seeing Cena being implicated, Cena has been long to you know, be believed to be drug free. Um, and the thing with Cena is he's always had the magical healing powers all these years. Like he always like shatters like timetables, you know, beating injury or, or staying relatively injury free while being that huge. Um, Brock Lesnar is obviously implicated who has tested positive for PEDs through USADA and everything like that. And Lesnar isn't subject to the wellness policy, but it just kind of shines a unnecessary light. I think on WWE, especially with, with them um, having, you know, all their sponsors and dramatically have cleaned up their image from what it was 10 to 15 years ago, uh, where guys were dying under 40 and, you know, everything like that and, and having heart attacks and, you know, the CTE stuff. It just is something they don't need. And if this kicks in the door on that, it's like, wow, what is their wellness policy really? You know, who's it protecting? Who's it, 
you know, exposing and what's the deal with it? Like, how did they get around this? Like, how are these guys not testing positive more often? Is this just all full of shit? Like, I don't know. I, I know you don't care about the wellness policy. I think it's interesting because of those reasons. Um, I, now, obviously, it is a cosmetic business. And if you were taking PEDs to get an advantage, like, say you're Sami Zayn. And I think I said this is Josh off air. If you're Sami Zayn, right, and you're busting your ass and you're being the best guy possible, right, mm-hmm. and you're killing it in your promos, your matches, anything like that, and then this other guy over here is using, like, some type of PEDs and then getting shot to the world title or main events or anything like that, that that's an unfair advantage. Wouldn't you say? In a cosmetic, in Vince McMahon's WWE? Yeah. You know, and I mean, you can go ahead and say what you want to say about who you just named because, like, that person also is named on here. Like, we, we know exactly, you're talking about gender. But, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> but, yeah, he, um, I, I I definitely see what you're saying, and and like that's the same thing when everyone when talks about it in sports with PEDs. Like as far as like if you're perfect example is the Barry Bonds stuff, where like Barry Bonds is the best player um, in in the world, and then uh, in 1998 he has an MVP level season, a MVP season, a season that has won an MVP award again, and then Goose McGuire and Sosa uh, that look you know. Um, that that claim that only the only thing they're taking is Andro, and they're hitting sixty six and seventy <laughs> home runs, and he's like, "All right, okay, I got something for that." That y'all okay with this? All right, and the next thing you know, you you, you look at the track, and then all of a sudden, like you look at his two thousand as his head explodes, and two thousand and two thousand four happens. He puts up like numbers that look like out of a out of a video game on easy, and that's where we are with him. Like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like. Whether it's you know that or it's Brady Anderson's fifty home run season or, um, you know that all all types of stuff like that has happened with people PEDs whatever else like the pressure is real like people want to succeed and you know if PEDs is the level that they have to go to 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 reach it some will do that because that's how bad they want it like that's that's that's. That's the reason why you want that out of out of your sport or your fake sport, whatever you want to call it. Um, so we'll so we'll see. Like I'm not, you know, like we'll see what happens with this whole, with all this other stuff. But like for right now, this was a big this is a big bunch of nothing. It's a big dud for now. It could change, but that's where we are. Yeah. So like I said, um, the 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 rain stuff was like not what everyone was anticipating right now. But I think. Th- the thing to take away from it is that nutrition solutions thing that I don't think even John Bravo realized what he may be kicking the door in on that. He, you know, I don't know, you know, I've never really heard of the guy before this or anything. So I don't know what his motives may be or anything like that, but um, let's move on. Uh, John Cena and the undertaker seems like it's off uh, and running. Now John Cena came out here and cut and, you know, intense promo on the undertaker expose them talk a bunch of shit it was not really what i was expecting because they didn't treat it like hey this is cena that has to be terrified of the undertaker which i i kind of appreciate because at this point why should john cena be terrified of the undertaker um now what what did you think of this promo james i thought it was weird um like the story is that 
I feel like there's one, two. I feel like there's one, two, three too many uh, work shoot promos or uh, angles going on right now with uh, inside of WWE to work to, to get this WrestleMania to go. Uh-huh. Um, I thought, I thought the thing that they gave uh, Roman and Lesnar saying the union, the, the uniqueness of um, of it was that that's the only thing going right now. That's like. Look at behind the scenes and look at what's going on in front of the camera, and then you look at uh, and then you show what a lot of people believe is going on behind there to show to um, the fans to try to get Roman Reigns over. Uh, and this, on the other hand, is saying that like Cena has been begging and pleading to get a match for Undertaker, um, and Undertaker has basically shunned him or whatever because he's retired or whatever else, and then he called him you know egomaniac, and it's like, yeah. well. I don't know, dude. Like you're the one that's like begging and pleading and wishing and hoping and praying to get a WrestleMania match, even though you've done nothing but fucking lose every single time you have opportunity. Maybe uh-huh. you don't deserve one. So it's kind of, you know, but whatever. Uh, we'll see what happens with it from there, from here on. Um, like that kind of talk makes you think they're really going to do biker taker, which is like I, I'm good on that, but whatever. <laughs> like if 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 let. If that's the way they explain the fact he's doing it again, to be like, well, I retired the dead man gimmick, and so I'm still the Undertaker. These are the one, this is what I have left. Then, like, all right, like, does he come back as like next year, Callus? <laughs> mean Mark Callus. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, it's gonna be interesting because I liked what he did. Um, it, because it's you know it's calling the Undertaker into like you know is someone that is going to make the mic work exciting because when you do a few with Undertaker you normally have to carry a lot more than what Undertaker is going to contribute especially at this stage because I don't know if he's going to come out here like you know in the lead up to WrestleMania 28 where he does the mic work with uh Triple H and Shawn Michaels and it really like went because of that now WrestleMania 30, it was it was CM Punk basically coming out here and doing a lion's share. WrestleMania 30 was Paul Heyman. WrestleMania 31 was Bray Wyatt. WrestleMania 32 was that these weird ass like Shane McMahon promos and Vince McMahon and Undertaker was looking like a bitch and all this other stuff. Last year it was Roman Reigns, so you know he wasn't going to do no talking or anything. So this might be like I hope the Undertaker comes out here and cuts promos on Cena that. Um, kind of dig into Cena a little bit like hey like you said like uh, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the one that's desperate what you mean like you came out here and got your ass whooped all throughout this time and you crying like a, like a bitch essentially and you know I remember like when your career started I'm the one that basically like co-signed your dumb ass like you know like all that stuff backstage with, with all that with Cena and I think that needs to happen for me to at least get into this and knowing that I feel like this match isn't going to be worth it, like, as far as in the ring. All they have is, like, the promo work. And I think Cena, like, probably did about as good of a job with it. You hit him with, like, some, some you know, some stuff to let him know he was there and he was not going anywhere. He's not Roman Reigns. Like, <laughs> like they're not going to have to bring in Shawn Michaels to explain to John Cena, like, hey, you're fighting The Undertaker. No, John Cena knows who the fuck he is at this point. Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I really, really, really want this to go off well. Um, 
I really would like to see one last really good uh, Undertaker match, but I am really concerned about B, like Cena, like Cena's regression in the ring, or I don't know if that's rust or whatever else, but like whatever it is, he, I don't know if he's going to be able to knock it off over the next uh, three weeks because he ain't been able to, he's been back for a minute now and he still hasn't like gotten progressively better in the ring from a technical standpoint. Uh-huh. Uh, like he's always a guy that's been rough in the ring anyway uh, from a, uh, technical standpoint as far as like punches and you know code reds and the springboard stunner or whatever else you want to say that's wacky that he does because he's not that coordinated but yeah he ultimately would if he figured out he figured out how to have really really good matches at like around two-fifths around from time to time especially especially like all the time when it came to 2015 and 2016 but yeah it's almost like he's back to like being like 2014 Cena. Uh, I don't know if that guy can carry Undertaker in a state he's in right now. And you know, people say that you know Undertaker should be healthy this year, but like, given what he's done don't here say the last every year? few years, like, like given what we given what we've had from Undertaker last since 2000 since WrestleMania 30, I don't see why there's a reason to expect him to be healthy. This is like saying like you know. Um, there's an injured, there's an injured football player, injured basketball player, and be like, you know, if that dude just stays healthy, he's like, well, he's never healthy, so why the fuck would I expect it now? Like, he's at that point where right. like, you can't expect him. Like, there's no reason to expect Chris Paul to play 70 games in a season. Why would you expect Undertaker to be able to be healthy for one, just for a stretch of time? Like Undertaker's like hips and body injuries are like Andrew Bynum's knees at this point. Like I, like they're, they're just never well, gonna be yeah. right. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like, like what we living for? Like with this Undertaker stuff anymore? Like. Like, bro, I don't know about you. I know you're, like, the biggest Undertaker fan that, that I know. But me, it's like, bro, like, when you look at it, he should have laid it down at WrestleMania 28. Uh, I mean, I would have said he should have, after after 30, he should have retired. That's what I, I would still be on that. Like, if you were to, if you're going to beat him for Brock Lesnar, then he needs to stay retired. Like, I understand 2015 and the year he had, um... And that feud over the summer and into that fall with, with Lesnar that was, was found really, money was great. That was but found money at this point. That was like that was like you know like when people are or terminal or terminal or whatever, and all of a sudden like they they kind of like bounce back for a little bit. Like that might be that. Like he was that was like like rebounding, and then now he's circling the drain. Right. Um, so I'm not sure, man, but. Like, I don't know if this is going to be the last Undertaker match, but it needs to be. This is where the streak died, and this could be, like, where his career, like, you know, forever goes to rest in peace. But I think Dave Fenichel wrote a pretty interesting yeah, column. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, so I saw Dave. Now, what's up, Dave? Um, write a column floating the idea that this could be John Cena's last uh, match in Cena heading into retirement after WrestleMania 34. What would you think about that possibility, James? That's what I think of it. My facial expression, which is get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's not happening. Like Cena got like, too much he'll money. Never, he'll never quit. Like I don't know about him quitting full time, whatever. But like, if he's gonna, he's gonna at the least he'll be he'll come back and be a guy that will hop into WrestleMania because he's still the top draw in the company. Still, yeah. If you quit, uh, like don't leave while you're hot. That's how May screwed up, as Kanye once said. But they, um, you know, with with Cena possibly retiring, I was like, I mean, he could do it. But I don't think I don't see Cena as the type that to, that would want to walk away like that. I feel like Cena's going to be like, 
one of those hanger-ons like the Undertaker. Like Cena's only forty years old. I know now. I know he's doing a lot of the mainstream stuff. He's trying to get into acting, and some of the stuff is doing very well. Some of it isn't. But I feel like he's he's taking his lumps right now. Yes, he's on borrowed time, but he's going to be a guy that is going to be around for the next couple years in that possibly Undertaker role like I'm only showing up at SummerSlam or possibly WrestleMania or the the month before I think he's going to try to do the transition in a softer way than like someone like a rock did where it was like yeah I'm leaving I'm gone for seven years and then I'll be back I think Cena's going to be a guy as much as he's able to wrestle he's going to because he loves it yeah and also He's probably getting paid about. Uh, he's probably getting money. paid like a million, million five to a gig. Like, that's kind of nice. Like, if you only got to, you know, if you look at the future or whatever, and you say, "Oh yeah, you only have to do like four matches to pay you like four million dollars." Like, kind of nice. Hey, John Cena. Keep getting them checks, bro. Don't let Dave Fenichel try to force you into early retirement. Um, unlike The Undertaker. Like, bro, I'm ready. Like, yeah. I've been ready. Like, it's enough. you in your mid-50s now or <laughs> headed there. Like, what else do you have? Like, not what more do you have to lose. Is what more do you have to give? Like, <laughs> like do we need that still? Like, are, are we holding on to, like, yo, I just can't. I can't imagine a, a WrestleMania without the Undertaker, bro. Everyone has to go at some point. And I don't know if you heard me on Chad show. Like, I was just like, like, just blown. Like, why can't people let the Undertaker go? I, I mean, I will say this: if or this will be the biggest drawing match of the of of the of the show. Like, this will draw more than Lesnar Reigns. This will draw more than Rousey. Um, but anybody that's not a casual fan that has watched or someone has watched WrestleMania year over year over year, like they know that like Undertaker is not like, he's not doing what he did from like 2013 all the way back to like, you know, 2004. Like that's not the same guy, but if you're a casual fan, you like, that's a big, that's a gigantic match. That's absolutely a match that they should have done. You know, that's Dayfall. Seven years ago, or something like that. Look, yeah, they fucked up. That's Dayfall. They wanted to keep John Cena away from the Undertaker all these years, and then look up. Like, obviously, it would be stupid if they had never wrestled at WrestleMania, and it would be even stupider. Like, I prefer it happen now to it have not happened. Like, period at all. Like, but they obviously should have done this. Like. 2011 like they could have done this like something like that like yo Cena and Undertaker run it but you know they had their own plans and WWE like likes to stick with their plans but let's move off of um, Undertaker and Cena for the moment and let's talk about Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey now both of these folks are uh, doing their their own individual storylines and being advertised in you know their own ways what I found interesting was Brock Lesnar was not advertised or was advertised to show up uh, finally this week in Detroit for Reigns, and then he ended up not showing up again. Rousey had the report that she was going to be on every single Raw. Then she wasn't on Raw. 
we later found out that she was on, I believe, the Ellen show, like promoting like WWE and everything like that. And it would just be too much to fly her across country. Cool. I understand that everyone's not John Cena that just like fights through it. But the deal with that is they came out and later yanked the article that said that she would be on every raw. And I believe it is now like she is back on every raw until WrestleMania. Now, this is what, what I was saying was you before James. She is. Yeah. Like, so this was the, it was the, had they never announced it in the first place, that was the perfect place to kind of end it. Like, you know, we were saying like, how are they going to keep this hot for um, a more, you know, amount of time? Like they can't just like yank her off TV, but then they just do. Is this a problem with this false advertising stuff to forward these storylines in real life? And then also um, in Rhonda's situation, which would be real because people were showing up for these shows, expecting to see these people paying money and they're not getting anything out of it. Now, do you feel I know I know you probably don't have much sympathy for the patron, you know, that doesn't, you know, that shows up and doesn't get the advertisement, but. They're using this this non advertisement stuff as a plot uh, device now, like especially with Lesnar, which I feel like is going to backfire hugely. And I'll get into that in a moment, but I'll just throw it to you. Yeah, I mean, for the people that wanted to see that, that just, these people WWE have paid paid millions of dollars to because they are a draw, right? Right. Supposedly, draw. If it, supposedly, right? Yeah. So. Even though when Raw did like a great advertise somebody, week. yeah. But when you, but my point is, when you advertise somebody because and you pay them because they are a draw, and you advertise them because they are a draw, like you say they are, and then you pull them off air, that's that bullshit. Um, like, granted, you can't do this all the time. Um, you, I mean, like, card is subject to change. Blah blah blah. Say squad, I get right. that, but. They did not. They had no reason to put them, or they did have a reason why they decided that they wanted to say that Rousey was going to be on every single Raw going into WrestleMania, and it was part, in part because they thought that it was going to be difficult for them, for the crowd to accept her, especially diehards, to to come in and and, and um, treat her as anything other than an interloper. Yeah. So they decided they were going to make her actually say that she's actually one of the girls and go out there and be a part of the everyday product, mm-hmm. and then. And then I think what I personally think what happened is it ended up going a lot better than they thought it was going to originally. It was like, holy shit, this she's over like we're over here. She she doesn't need to be on TV that much anymore or whatever else. And then they kind of right. like adjusted from there. Now, um, it's one week she's going. She's only gonna miss one week in a, on a what was it like? This was seven episodes or six or eight episodes. She's only gonna miss one episode. Right. I, I'm I'm good. I'm fine on with that. that. Like, like that's more than enough to get over this feud. Right. Now, in Lesnar, what do you think about the Lesnar side of this? Like, Oof. Um, that's just for heat. Like, they really want they really want you to go into WrestleMania booing uh, Lesnar off. Um, and wanting to champion behind Reigns, who is, you know, the as we've always said for, for a few years now, Vince's is boy. the part-time, um, is a part-time punisher. But, yeah. I, it ain't gonna work. Right, like we saw what happened. Like he got suspended for being a renegade and then bucking up and standing up to Vince McMahon. He, and, his, and Vince said that he was suspended. The crowd cheered. Like he only. We always talk about all these moments where different things happen. Where there was um, Reigns beating the hell out of Triple H at TLC in 2014. Yep. I'm sorry, 15, or or punching out Vince or whatever else, or spearing even Stephanie for for a time. And like we think that got this person, that got Reigns over for like a week. 
Well, this got him on for five minutes. So And he's back to being the guy that people don't want to see. So Right. And I think the deal with it is going to backfire with Brock Lesnar's case. Because what they're doing now is creating a commodity with Lesnar. They are basically saying whenever the fuck Brock Lesnar shows up, it's going down. And what are people when Brock Lesnar's music hits and he walks out there, James, what is going to happen? I'll tell you. I mean, the crowd's going to pop. Yes, they're going to pop. They're going to go crazy. They're going to want him to kill Roman Reigns. And what? It's completely the opposite, like of what's going to happen. I can see this now. Mark this, March 18th, One Nation Live. Rich is telling you, the moment Brock Lesnar comes on the screen, people are not going to be booing him, ready to, you know, get him the fuck out of here like that. They're going to be hoping he kills Roman Reigns. Now, what they should have done is brought his ass to TV, brought him out there, and had Roman Reigns whoop his ass week after week. Like, yo... Lesnar can't do nothing with this dude now. He's not the same guy that he fought three years ago. This guy, uh, Reigns, it's not so much what he has to do with the talking. He's doing it with these, James. And and that's what what they need to do because he's going to have to earn it physically. And if what they do is keep them apart and try to, like, do this whole fake shoot work angle, like, it's so temporary. It is so temporary, and it's not going to last at all. The, the night after WrestleMania, when Roman Reigns walks out there with that red fucking belt, he's going to get booed, and he's going to be in a worse position now, and then you're going to want someone to beat that man immediately. This is not how you do it. This yeah, is, like, I, I Brock Lesnar, like, he, he like, needs to be shown this, though, weak. Right? I, I, I get where they went, why they went with that. Go ahead. You said, uh, yeah, yeah, I get where they went with that, but I would say that if they, um, if they come out next week and Lesnar's there and Hammond's there, and Hammond comes out and they both basically laugh off what, um, what, uh, what Roman has had to say over the past two weeks, I'm going to flip, I'm going to flip a fucking gasket because that should, they should immediately come out. Lesnar sh- should let Hammond talk for like 15 seconds. Take the mic from them and they say, bring, bring your ass out here, and then they just and then they just brawl and then just pull apart and all right. that kind of stuff. Like at this point, he un, like Lesnar needs to be somebody that is quote unquote bo- that is bothered by what Reigns is saying. Like it needs to be that. Like this is this is the second time they fought. This would be a grudge match. Like this would be a no DQ match type of thing. Like right. it needs to be like and that, besides this stupid fucking belt that people don't give a shit about uh, it, and it's never on TV. It's beyond that. Like it needs to actually be like a heated thing, as opposed to I'm saying that you you know you don't give a shit, even though like I know you don't give a shit, and everyone knows you don't give a shit. So like, why should I give a shit that you think that I don't give a shit? Like that's like you know what I'm saying. Like it's almost like when Jerry talks about Orton and, and the fucking list, and then Orton comes out and says I don't give a shit about that list. It's like well, it makes Jinder look like a fucking moron. Yeah. So like it, it needs to be it needs to be seems to be like shown that like Lesnar's pissed off by by what Roman's done, right? And I think um, otherwise, what's the point? The the point is to to hand it over to Roman, you know, <laughs> to make him look good, James. That's what. It's like. <laughs> but but I mean, as far as from a, from getting the fans to actually want to 
not cheer uh, Strowman the high heavens uh, during that match in New Orleans. That's what I mean. Yeah, so I think I think Reigns needs to be in a position of dominance. He needs to be whooping at me. Like, he needs to, quote-unquote, break his suspension next week, run in from the crowd, and attack Lesnar. However you want, however you want to do it, but it can't be no. He jumps him from behind. It has to be he walks up to that man and drags him. Like it's real simple. I feel like. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's move on. Um, uh, Fast Lane. We watched that last week. We saw um, AJ Styles come out here and get the victory uh, in the six way match. Yes, Baron Corbin did not win the WWE Championship. Dave Fenichel. Stop trying to troll the internet. Um, we had Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. They came out here and, and did their thing in the opening match. And between that, they had also the Usos and New Day. The Bludgeon Brothers came out there. What did you think of that show overall, James? And um, in contrast to Elimination Chamber, where it was predictable, quote-unquote, in a bad way at Elimination Chamber, and then predictable, quote-unquote, in a good way for um, Fastlane. Yeah, I, I thought it was a thumbs up show. Uh, the shows, I mean, there was, there was no match on there aside from maybe the women's tag match. You would say it's like, yeah, that match stinks, um, or that match is just not or is, is below good. Uh, everything else was just was solid. Um, and I think the I think the beat down that the Blush Brothers gave the New Day was in the Usos. I thought that was great. I thought that that was a. Uh, I thought that you know, in short short order. These squash matches that the Bludgeon Brothers have had, have, like they've gotten over. Like they come out with their music and you know their getups that they're wearing and, the, and those sledgehammers that we all thought were fake or whatever. And you know we, the crowd wouldn't pop to them or react to them until they were slaughter guys and then they would get over. Um, and this was just a continuation of that and showing like these guys have, have laid waste to the entire SmackDown Live uh, undercard of the tag team division and now they're going for the two top dogs and like they can really put these dudes on the shelf. Um, so I thought they got over, I thought it was a big, uh, big time um, thing. And I thought it was great. And I don't know what they're going to do as far as um, if they're going to be a stipulation on their triple threat match at, uh, at WrestleMania or whatever else. But I thought that um, those, I thought that these are the three right teams for each other. Um, the, the, the Charlotte match, I thought, I thought the Charlotte Ruby Ryan match was, was really good. Uh, I thought that Ruby Riot for a first pay-per-view singles match uh, acquitted herself very well. I think that um, I said this beforehand, like if she, she's she's getting this match at like the wrong time of the year, like if this was, was <laughs> you know, later on hype or whatever we weren't stuck on, the, you know, the train track to WrestleMania, like um, they could have done more Ruby Riot to try to possibly get her over, but like, it was a good match just the problem is like no one, no one believed any of her near falls. Nobody, right. because she, you know, she has been really protected that well, and everybody knows that like we're going to WrestleMania, and Charlotte will be on WrestleMania card, and will not be no Ruby Riot, at least not yet. But um, I think I think that was a, good, not, a nice spot for her, and it was okay for her to lose because she's not that over yet. Um, now the the the, the six way, five way or six way, I can't remember. Blue is a six way. Six way, okay. So let's oh so it's uh yeah six way. I thought it was a really good match. I enjoyed the match and the right person won and that's all you can ask for. And I thought they got some really good shots. Um, I thought I the storyline. I mean, if they want to continue with the Shane and the Canadians thing, cool. I, I'm I'm kind of 
have my hit my limit with that, but um, they did it in a nice way. They did it in a good way, explaining like that these two um, couldn't didn't win because you know what happened with Shane or whatever. Continuation of that, but um, I thought the shot of Cena after doing all of this shit over the past like month, and then has been out here scrambling, gambling, trying to get to trying to uh, get WrestleMania to match, and like he realized like. I'm out of options, and he's, like, devastated. Like, he, the face reminded me of, like, after he lost to Rock after WrestleMania 28, just devastated in the, in the aisleway. He's just in the ring. Like, he pushed away the camera. I thought it was right. a nice touch. Yeah, so, like, I thought it was a good match, and I thought SmackDown, um, like, setting the road towards WrestleMania, there, for, for all the crap we went through for the past uh, about a year with, with SmackDown Live, it seems that, like, we're set up for a really nice SmackDown side of the car for WrestleMania. Which, like, I didn't think they were going to be able to do this, but I would have never seen that coming. Like, I I, would have seen that coming. Like, um, I like the six way. Uh, I also like Nakamura and Rusev. I thought it was Nakamura's best match on the main roster thus far. Um, It's amazing what happens when you don't have to wrestle Baron Corbin and Jinder Mahal on pay per view. Uh, Nakamura was back to looking like his normal self. Um, and putting them in there with AJ Styles, I think, is going to be a blessing. <laughs> and I think fans are in for such a special match um, that this is going to really make this year's WrestleMania feel whole. Like, you feel like, yo, it's two of the best guys in the business, like, between the ropes that the fans really are behind going at it to see who's the best. And I think they may be resting on that a little bit, um, storytelling-wise now, like because they've kind of come slow out the blocks with this, and we'll get this uh, more to this uh, in a little bit. But they... Um, Nakamura needed this a lot, because there's a lot that was around him that people either didn't understand or WWE just thought they could fix with a Royal Rumble win uh, because there's a lot of questions out there with him. You know, is he ready to be the champion now? Um, they they had, People wanted him to be the champion at SummerSlam. Will they still want it now? Do I mean, I haven't thought about who's going to win this match or really care because I'm like, man, I think both of these guys like deserve to win or, you know, would be, you know, good champions in the follow-up. It's just... I don't know if they've made AJ Styles necessarily look the best as champion. They could have done better, uh, but I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that, James? Like, like as far as like Styles knock more like the winner and who who can do the most with the belt going forward. Um, at this point, I, I've like even after Royal Rumble, I always thought that if they ever did that for the belt, that AJ would be the person to win. Um, I felt more work for um, Nakamura to be champion. Like uh, even even at SummerSlam when it was like, okay, well, yeah, he has more going for him than Jinder fucking Mahal, but like in a, in a normal situation, like that guy would not be that she would not become champion. Like that's kind of out of nowhere. Um, and now you know he doesn't really have. I mean, he ha- I mean he has like the credentials to show you that like the World Rumble match, uh, him beating Rusev, and a, a few a few other things here and there. Like he's showing you flash and like, oh yeah, this guy's actually a, a, a legit guy um, for somebody to be taken seriously at the top of the card. But I think, I think I, if if they're whole, if they're relying on what happened in, in uh, Russell Kingdom uh, eleven. I'm sorry, ten. Then was it ten or eleven? I can't remember. They fought at Russell Kingdom ten. 
yeah, uh, ten, then they definitely need to. Uh, it definitely needs to be edgy that it goes over and then like continues on his path to try to like. Um, I mean, um, get himself hotter, build himself up from a from as far as a win loss perspective because like he's taken a lot of L's um, over the last uh, three or two months. So um, I I think he needs a big win to kind of like you know for for the WrestleMania thing because like like was he going to be one and two and then like lose to Jericho, a person he should have beaten, and lose and then like beat the only person he beat was Shane, you know? Right. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, maybe I'm being kind of um, naive here, but I kind of feel like you know he's on SmackDown for a reason, and like his reason to be the top guy on SmackDown, so he needs to you know um, start racking up some you know important big wins at this point now. Like now that it was WrestleMania season, and we moved that bullshit to the side. Yeah, um, that was that was gender. Um, uh, as far as Nakamura. I think this is my, like even if he loses like if if he showcases himself in a way like the crowd will still like you know there, there's been plenty of examples of guys losing and while getting getting over what in a tip while losing like mm-hmm. given what he's shown on the main roster like he goes out there and has himself a Sami Zayn NXT uh, Dallas match he'll show up the next night get cheered yep be just over as he was before like so I'm not or as he was um, when he first showed up so. I think that this this match has potential to like spring more both of them even regardless of whoever wins or loses. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And I, oh, and for the oh, real quick, and for the record, I think they're definitely going to have one of those kinds of matches. I'm not. There's not like for me. I'm. I'll be stunned if they don't have one of the one of these like near four, near five star type matches. Right. I'll and, be stunned. Like. And also, like you know, I if you're expecting like, or if you're if you're not expecting this match to be great. I don't know what type of wrestling you've been watching over the past couple years because if you think AJ Styles is about to show to WrestleMania with Shinsuke Nakamura and not want to like go out there and lose his damn mind and ball the fuck out as we say, like I feel like we're going to see a 50-point game from AJ Styles at WrestleMania especially with that guy Nakamura. <laughs> and I feel like Nakamura is going to be like, "Oh, well, you know, Nakamura has has had a rep of only showing up for the big shows." And this goes back to New Japan. I feel like this is going to be some like mashup of the Nakamura versus Kota Ibushi and then the Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. It's out of that tree. And if you didn't understand how great that was, I don't know what the fuck you're watching. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like I, I have a question though. Do yeah. you think given, given that they're, they are, you know, for all the stuff we just said, they are after all, they are in still in WWE. Do you think, do you think they're going to wrestle their match? Or do you think they're going to still figure out how to wrestle their match within the confines of a of a WWE uh, concept? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it going to be, you know, somebody gets the advantage, then somebody gets the heat, and then somebody gets a, and then somebody does a whole spot, then someone gets cut off, and then someone gets a comeback, and then they're trading, and it goes into trading near falls again. Do you think they're just going to be able to be able to go out there and basically say Vince has the wherewithal to say go out there and do what y'all want to do? This is the finish. This is who person goes over, or whatever else. Get out and get out the way. I think AJ Styles is commanding that level of respect from Vince McMahon at this point for, for that to happen. Um, Styles is the reason that this match is happening now. Uh, it's a reason that it didn't happen before. Uh, I think these guys are going to get the green light that uh, Flo Rida and them was rapping about uh, last year. You know, <laughs> <laughs> give me the green Whoa. light. Yep. 
And okay, it's it's about to, it's about to be on and popping in these streets with uh, Styles of Nakamura. So um, now, as far as like the storytelling with this, um, and we're kind of jumping ahead now. I'll come back to the Zayn and Owens and the Shane stuff. What do you think about what they've done so far? There to me, it's just every it's the simple, um, you know, babyface versus babyface storytelling, like where they get a tag team in there, a heel tag team. That's Rusev Day, um, and now these guys are gonna essentially try to outcompete each other over the next couple of weeks. Or do we need to see someone get nasty? Do we need to see an attack? Do we need to have AJ Styles turn? Do we need to have like? you know another type of element or will you think this will work in comparison to everything else that just kind of feels so much more like lifelike like the reigns and, and lesnar things like even though it's fake as hell like has like an element of reality in it undertaker and cena like there's something about the promos that are grabbing you this one is like they're just saying it's yeah a there's, dream a, match. there's actually a, a a you know a, yeah. a tension there there's no right. like um you know it's not a it's not a respect off yeah I'm, right I think I think the way into that will be what they laid out on Tuesday, where Nakamura says that I'm going to protect you um, until I can put a knee uh, uh, in, in your face. And I think that over time, it's going to grate on AJ, and AJ is going to eventually fire up on him and say, "I don't need your goddamn protection. I'm the goddamn WWE champion. What the fuck are you thinking?" Yeah. And then and then eventually we're going to have we're going to we're going to we're going to get lead into it. Uh, through that way, I don't know mm. what's going to be the what's going to be. Um, maybe Catalyst it's a tag match it. they have next week or whatever. I don't know, but I think it's I think it's coming. So I'm not I'm not really that concerned, but I think that's their way to do it. Yeah, maybe maybe or maybe they come up with something else. I don't know. Maybe they don't do it, which I I would hope that they do it. Like you know, I'm not here for this respect. You off. would think that they would have something. Yeah, I think they. You would think that they would have something more than just respect, but um, we'll see. And and then you can say that for Charlotte and Oscar as well. Like I'm I, like you know it's gonna be great. We know it. What else you got? But I don't know. Like maybe maybe it's I don't know. But like I felt like I was okay with what they did on. Um, oh on yeah, I, I, I thought loved, I thought they uh, yeah. I, I thought they started off yeah, um, like, really good with that. Yeah, like I loved um, Charlotte's like I loved her promo. Like that was the first time that I can remember where Charlotte. Since being a quote unquote babyface, a good person, actually cut a promo where <laughs> she was actually came off as likable, as opposed to basically being like, I pretty much cut the same as that promo. I always cut when I was a heel, when I was with Ric Flair, and I was with my dad, and I was with uh, uh, Dana, Dana Brooke. Brooke. And except now, I get cheered. Like at least now, like she came off like really likable and looking like somebody who, like she has she has hopes and dreams and she wants to accomplish this to prove that she's the best and like that's so that's aspirational. Like before, just like you know, I'm the queen, I'm genetically superior. Who are you talking like that? And then her cadence, like her cadence when she talks, is really heelish. So that also has her behind the eight ball when it comes to anything she always does anyway. So uh-huh. I thought it was I thought she came off uh, really really good and. Um, I just hope that they cut down on the Oscar talking back and forth stuff and just let her um, more or less, you know, kind of find her whatever her need of face is, right? Like, she needs one of those. Mm-hmm. Like, when she says something like kind of, besides just everyone's ready for Oscar, like, she needs to have like a, like a cute, um, a cute little thing that like, that pop the crowd besides no one's ready for Oscar. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, um, Shane Man took an ass whooping this week. 
and <laughs> he's looking ass woman for the ages. Uh, Sami Zayn, Stone Cold Sami Zayn, and Stone Cold Kevin Owens uh, beat the hell out of that McMahon. Uh, how did this make you feel? Because yeah. I know I overflow with joy. Uh, I've been waiting to see them put their hands on Shane McMahon's punk ass uh, for months. And he's this guy has been fucking them out of title matches and everything like that. Where is this going, James? Like, wh- And what did you think? You know, What kind of joy uh, did this bring to you? Oh, my God. Like, I was so happy. Uh, I think it made me think of the Vince thing where – He's like, promise me that that I can that I can put my hands on any, on a McMahon or whatever else, and then he gets the handshake and he headbutt really back and headbutt me like I outsmarted this fucker, like, yeah. you know, you said you're gonna leave an absence or whatever, or whatever, uh, you're leave an absence for being commissioner. All right, I sh- you, so you no longer you're you're no longer like ruling over me can dictate whether or not you fire me. All right, I'm gonna whoop your monkey ass, yeah. and both of them whooped the hell out of him, and I thought it was great, and I thought it was a great. Uh, and I thought it was a great, like, way to uh, show them, like, getting back together as far as, like, you know, you know, friends, friends argue, they fight from time to time, and they have issues or whatever, but eventually they came back together, and they came back to the purpose of, of putting Shane McMahon's fuck ass on the shelf. So yes. I was happy. Uh, now, I'm interested to see what they do with Daniel Bryan next week. Like, I mean, there's been talk that it could be a... Um, Hit, uh, Dan Bryan could be the special guest referee in a three-way type match or a handicap match or whatever else. So I'm I'm, I'm interested to see what they come up with, or maybe they come up with a tag partner for Shane. I don't know, but um, you know Bryan's been off TV for but two three weeks, so I'm interested to see what they come back with as far as the story for this. Yeah, or maybe um, you know maybe they you know give us some real good news. Or maybe they do some like I said to you uh, the other day, like what if. You know he's been off TV for two weeks because they they cleared him on the low. No one has no one's been told anything. And then next thing you know, like imagine how crazy it would be if like given what we already all know about Shane or know about Daniel Bryan, where like he can't get no contact. Like he's like Paige, like no contact whatsoever. And then next thing you know, like they beat the hell out of, out of him too. Yeah. And you know how much heat that would get if you beat the hell out of, if you give Daniel Bryan a beat down right now? Yeah. Like without nobody knowing, like that, and, like, and we think they can't touch yeah. that man. Like, that'd be, like, that'd be like all that stuff. That'd be like that'd be like as big a deal as like the headbutt uh, was in October. Yeah, uh, if they whoop Daniel Bryan's ass, I'm gonna want to fight him. So that would be some real, real heat, you know, for, for uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And then like it probably would end up into a situation where Shane and Daniel Bryan realize that neither one of these guys are shit. Like, like, even like, you know, um, you know, how Dan, how Shane thinks Daniel Bryan is kind of riding with them. Shane will figure out, hold on, Daniel's not really riding with them. And then, uh, Shane would fit, or Daniel will figure out, like, maybe Shane was right about these dudes. They, they really ain't shit. Like, you know, after all this time, and then it leads to them reluctantly teaming up. Like, where, you know, either, like, we're going to have to put an end to this problem ourselves. Shane Bryan... Yeah, like a Shane Bryan uh, versus Owens and uh, Zane tag match would be like beyond anything I'd imagine for for what, what like Sami Zayn could have gotten given what they've done with him uh, since he turned heel. Like he's been incredible. Like the promo he cut earlier in, on that show was great. Um, but you know, you always have your worries with him because like they beat him like a drum and. Uh, 
he doesn't feel like a main event heel, even though he is a main event heel. And he do even though he like does really great stuff on TV, um, every opportunity he gets, it's just you don't really you don't really see it for him. Like you don't really see them like um Given what they do with him on TV, as far as the results for the matches, like it's Harvey, Harvey believe that like they think that that guy. And given what he's going to be doing, like he's not going to have a singles match, or whatever. He's not like in the title match. He's like we were trying to figure out like what are they going to do for them, and this where they at. Like I thought before this popped up um, over, over last Sunday that they were going to be put with um, the Usos in a New Day in a tag match, and right. I mean that's that's really cool. But, you know, like, even a week before that, like, you know, there were rumors that, like, they were going to be in the Andre the Memorial Battle Royal. I'm like, dude, that's a failure. Yeah. Like, why, would you do that? why would you do that to Kevin Owens? Like, Kevin Owens is, like, one of your four biggest guys in the company. Four or five biggest guys in the company on the everyday roster. So, um, I'm glad that they're getting something besides that because that was, like, oof. Like, y'all, like, the Sami Zayn really pissed him off that bad um, when he, when he, they, they walked, they, you know, uh, took that powder and said he getting beat down. Yeah, he got sent home over the, over uh, the winter from the European tour. Was it really that bad? <laughs> um, yeah. So but, next thing, but quick okay. question. Yeah. If well, I got a question though. If they if it's not if it is in fact you know because I, if it's not Daniel Bryan, what would you like to see as far as a tag partner for for Shane? As far as a tag partner, and it, do they have to be on the roster or no? No. Dealer's choice. Okay. Um, I mean, nah, they can't do that. They can't have Vince out there fighting Kevin Owens. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> they can't do that. Um, the, McMahon bo- the McMahon boys? Yes, yeah, so the oh McMahon boys against the Canadians. Unbelievable. And we know who's doing the job that night. Sami Zayn. Um, I don't know, man. Um, maybe, may, like, I think... Shane is forced into a situation where he's has to look for help in unlikely places. Like he's gonna have to turn to someone like Dolph Ziggler or <laughs> or Baron. I thought you were gonna say Baron Corbin. I thought you were gonna say Baron Corbin. I'm like, are you serious? All right. Um, he might have to turn to help like from somebody. Um, I'm not sure. I think Daniel Bryan being cleared is the only saving grace of this. Otherwise, they're probably headed to another triple threat match. Oh God! To go with the other twelve that are on the show, it will be, but it will be so hard to believe because, like, they just got Sami Zayn and Owens back together after breaking up for like one night, and like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. y'all broke up for one night and y'all back together. Like, this is like this is their issue with WWE is like when they have a breakup coming or whatever else, they always have to tease it, let it pass, tease it, let it pass, and then and then by the time they finally do it and and, and fire, like it's past its peak and no one like gives a shit, like. Yep. Think of what they did with was with, with I mean, they did they only did it once, so it wasn't that bad. But like they did it with, with Alexa and and Nia. Yeah. Um, they did it a million or like five different times with Sasha and and um, and Bailey. Uh, they did it with Miz and Miz down. Remember that? Like they always have to go past the peak. Like just let them do it. Like they teased the Shield breaking up a couple of times. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. So like. When are, when are you going to, like, learn that, like, you don't want to fuck this up. Just, you know, like, figure it out. Remember when they, um, when they teased getting De- or, um, Ambrose and, and Rollins back together last year when, like, 
leading up to it is like, man, just do it already. Right. People are dying for it. Do it now for the crowd says, ah, fuck off. Right. Um, to your like, point they keep, they, earlier. They run the risk of that. To your point earlier about Russell Westbrook, he ended the um, Toronto Raptors' win, 11-game win streak today, and he had 37, 13, and 14. He ain't playing with these boys. He he heard he heard. Oh, y'all gonna leave me off the All NBA team? All right. I think there's what like uh, ten games left in the season. Um, there's like another. So like this three definitely weeks. This definitely sway some things. Another three weeks. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about Nia Jackson and Alexa Bliss next. They um did their angle or the the start to their angle where Alexa Bliss was uh, backstage with a boom mic with Nikki or Mickey James, and she basically was selling out, talking all that noise about Nia Jax, and Nia Jax came back there and was like, "Hold up." And she ended up destroying the the back room after Alexa skedaddled out of there, and she was told that everyone has heard your heard and seen your comments, and basically she about to get squashed now. So, what, what did you make of this whole thing? And and the, also, it's abundantly clear they have no women writing this, right? Oh yeah, like the whole like shrieking. Uh, yeah, it was whatever. Um. I I like the storyline what they did except for the part where like she just falls apart in tears. Um, I like the fact she tore up the thing being from being furious, but like that was just like number like scorn, hurt or whatever else. And like granted, like that is a mean hurtful thing to say, but like it wasn't like you know. I don't know. Maybe I'm making, I'm looking too back at what their history is, where like she's turned on her before or whatever, and then like switched up and like decided to protect her again, but um. But all the work before that part, I thought was really, really good. Um, and, like, now we understand why Mickey James is now put with uh, Alexa because Alexa is now needs, like, she's going to need somebody to basically be uh, a proxy for her because, like, they get her, they get them in the ring together. Like, Alexa's going to tear her limb from limb. So uh, now we'll Mickey turn, has turn to get, you know, has to, has to wear that ass before. Uh, Alexa, and that also plays the fact that like Alexa's a mass manipulator because she's a POS. Right. Um, this match still gonna be trash, right? I think it's gonna be too short for it to be trash. I think like if it goes four minutes, how can it be trash? Yeah, hopefully um they they, just, they get her in there and um Nia Jax drops her with like five or six power bombs. And and pins are like Ultimate Warrior pin Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania six with the foot on the chest. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be that dominant, but I think it's gonna be like a situation where like um she whoops her she like she comes out full of full of rage or whatever else. Mickey tries to get in fear. Mickey gets uh Mickey gets some gets some hands and then um Alexa, you know, tries to cheat for a roll up, it doesn't work, and then she has to pay the piper and she takes that L. I think I think that um I think they're gonna use Naya to be like the champion um until it's time to put Rousey over. And you give Rousey like this big test uh like go through the whole women's division, and then like the the final test is taking on Alexa. I'm not Alexa, but Naya, and then she overcomes Naya, and then we go through the rest of the year, and then um you set up the Oscar or Charlotte match for WrestleMania 35, and you know if you build that up well enough, it, it's good. It should be good enough the main event. Yeah, man. Um, so. On the other side of that, you mentioned earlier the Charlotte and Oscar thing got started this week. Oscar 
issued an old-fashioned challenge um, right after uh, Charlotte became victorious at, over Ru- Ruby Riot. Asuka immediately came out there and was like, what to do? Uh, I want your belt. Run it. You're not ready. And she, <laughs> she, uh, there was a great shot of Asuka, uh, her mask on the um, Titantron while Charlotte was standing in the ring holding the belt up. And I thought that was a great, uh, we bang on their camera work so often and, you know, forget to um, make sure to shot them out. But I think um, Charlotte and Asuka, this is, I didn't even know that this was going to happen. I mean, you you know from the dirt sheets and, and everything like that, but it's like, I didn't even really like ever think about these two. You know how we were doing the Kanye bracket, it's like, wow, I would have never like thought to really compare these two. And seeing it's like, wow, they went ahead and this is what they wanted to do with Asuka the whole time to get her t- for Charlotte. Like, and I don't feel like they've changed from any type of plans or anything, but it's like, so they do know what we want to see. <laughs> yeah. Like, I saw yeah. I saw someone, like... Um, Turns out they do. I, I, I saw someone um, with a phrase that I liked on Twitter today, and it's called light bulb booking. And this is a thing Gato is so good at in New Japan and what he's done with the New Japan Cup, where... You never quite know what they're doing, but it's obvious as fuck after, like, when you get to it, and it's like, wow, I didn't even know I wanted that. And that's, like, that's the beauty of booking. I think this is an example of that. Because Styles vs. Nakamura was telegraphed months away. Lesnar vs. Reigns was telegraphed months away. I mean, with Asuka and Charlotte, it's like they brought Asuka up onto Monday Night Raw all the way away from her. They have Charlotte win the title over on SmackDown. Asuka goes through the entire Monday Night Raw roster, the Survivor Series, everything like that. They've literally been kept in two different worlds. And I think this is a great example of, of booking and, uh, not, and not showing your hand and, and feeling like you're, uh, you know, like it's preordained, it's predetermined like to what the hell w- was going to go on with Asuka all this time. The only thing that may have given it away is that she didn't challenge her right away. It's like, because, yeah, we knew Charlotte had to have, they, SmackDown had another pay-per-view. And I think that's that only comes into effect because Smack of the way the calendar was, that SmackDown had another pay-per-view. But had that not been the case, oh, this is, this is brilliance. Yeah, um, I think I'm kind of, uh, I think I kind of don't recognize it because uh, our, I didn't see it until you brought it up because of the you know the, the the reports that of what the WrestleMania card was a you know even two months ago when it said that this was going to happen. So maybe I maybe you know like that that definitely does take away like when you know what's going to happen going in like kind of you kind of do lose focus on like what they did to to get to this point and and you after you lay it out like yeah it, it, they did do a very good job with this. The, um, one of the things I would say is like. We give crap to WWE, or I give crap to WWE because, like, this for the most part, say what you want. Like, when it comes to the top two angles on a show, like he's still really good, you know, fairly consistently good at getting those two things over. But like, the he pretty much has made it to where like there's no fucking mid card, right? Because like he'll just don't, he just does not give a shit about anybody's storyline outside of like the two top matches that are selling a card a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, because I, I mean, it's also in part because of WrestleMania season, like for this to be like the fifth biggest, most important match on WrestleMania card and to have that kind of thought put into it. I think that's a pretty, I think it's a pretty uh, mass thing. I think it's pretty master. I can't even say the word. I, I was trying to think of something besides brilliant, but like, yeah, it was great. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's a masterstroke of, of genius. But yeah, like it, it was really it was really creative and um I think like is there any other match that you want like for me personally, like I think that of all the matches that they have on the card of the things I'm most interested in wanting to see from a from a wrestling perspective, period. I think this is might be the second most important match in the card to me. Mm-hmm. Behind only uh, AJ and Nakamura, everything else like I care more about, right? Or or care less about? Because I, cause I, no, oh yeah, right. I mean, care care less about, yeah, yeah. Because like, I mean, we've seen we've seen Lesnar, we've seen Brock like before. I mean, Lesnar and Brock, Lesnar and Reigns for, yep. and like they had a great match. Like I'm pretty, and I'm fairly certain that they're gonna have another great match. So like, I'm not really worried about that. Um, I'm really more worried about like the build and like. What happened? What the future of Lesnar and Reigns after this? Immediately after, um, but like from just like going in and actually seeing like top notch wrestling in a singles match on WrestleMania, like we never really had this for WrestleMania with uh with two, with two women. Like the closest thing would probably be what Mickey and um in in Trish at twenty two, but like that a storyline of yeah, a spider storyline yeah. in it. It wasn't just like the two best women we had we we, we may have ever had from a technical standpoint in the ring together. You know, and their primes going going at it like we never really had a match presented to you for with two women like that. Yeah. So I think like this is this I'm definitely interested. Yeah. Um. So now you bring that up, uh, the best women that we've ever had. WWE re- released a list of the ten, the top ten women's matches of all time according to them. You know, so this is strictly their list. It doesn't have to be. Um, anything like as far as like you don't need to look at it like hey you might have a different top 10 than than they do but let's just go go for it so number 10 was the women's royal rumble match which i liked a great deal and thought that they really did a good job with yeah great match but i don't think it would actually be one of their 10 best women's matches i really don't think so like i'm sure there i'm sure there's another raw uh, match between Charlotte and Sasha that was better than the actual <laughs> match, but I mean it was still a great, it was still a great event. Yep, and, and that's a, that's like a big moment and all that. Number nine, you got Alundra Blaze and Bull Nakano at SummerSlam. I'm sure Sierra would scold me if I didn't praise this match, but I just haven't watched it in a long time, so um, I'd have to go back and see it. So um, if Sierra, if you're listening to this, I, have to go back uh, and I apologize. See it. Yeah, um, number eight, Charlotte Flair and Bailey versus for the Raw Women's Title. On the February thirteenth episode of Raw in two thousand seventeen, uh, where Bailey won the championship, yep. and uh, mm-hmm. and that was a great match. Uh, that was, a, and I, you know, at that point in time, like it looked like we were actually on, you know, we were actually on some pretty good um, storytelling. Um, momentum with uh with the with all of that because like yeah the Sasha Sasha was hurt um Sasha came out there and um and 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 helped um Charlotte because Dana Brooke was cheating um and you had the time like what's the future hold between um Sasha and Charlotte and Bailey especially cuz it was January like going into WrestleMania season or February I can't remember what what month but like there was especially after what happened between Charlotte and Sasha in 2016 you thought that like they're just going to continue having like great women's feuds on that kind of thing and we were wrong but yeah, like that was Alexa. kind of that's kind of what that match like showed what you like that's what they could have done right that's what we thought we were all going um 
following one, Paige versus Emma for the NXT Women's Title at NXT Takeover Arrival, and that was a classic match in itself that you could literally point to and be like that's the moment uh, the game changed uh, for the women in WWE. So uh, neither one of these women are wrestling for WWE anymore. So kind of a somber note. Um, any thoughts about that match, James? Yeah, it's like the first one, um, the pop up all this stuff. Like, uh, I mean, you had that, and then what? Um, three months—is it three months later, or or is it, or is it six months later? They have, they do the uh, Charlotte, Charlotte and Natalia. Yeah, I think I think that one is like three months later. Yeah, like three months later. Okay. Um, after that, we got number six, Trish versus Lita for the women's title on the December 6th episode of Raw. I'm going to assume they're talking about the one where Lita damn neared herself uh, with the neck. Uh, yep, the, the that's, that's a, that, yep, that's exactly how you remember that match. The one where she almost breaks her nose in her neck. Yep. yep. Um, number five, they've got Bailey versus Charlotte versus uh, Becky Lynch versus Sasha for the NXT women's title at NXT TakeOver Rival. And that's when Sasha Banks won the NXT mm-hmm. title for the first time by pinning Charlotte. Um, number four, Asuka versus yep. Ember Moon for the NXT women's title at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 last summer. Um, I was shocked to see a lack of Asuka on this list, but that was like her only appearance. Um, number three, Charlotte versus uh, Sasha versus Becky at WrestleMania 32, or as James calls it, the main event of WrestleMania 32. Yeah, like you go look on a card, or go to Wrestle or uh, Profile DB, or go to the wiki and look at the match layout of uh, of WrestleMania 32 if you ever watch it, and then you remember how bad everything was after that, where it was uh, uh, the Hell in a Cell match, the main event with uh, Reigns and Triple H, uh, The Rock doing his 20-minute thing where he squashes uh, <laughs> Rowan Aaron or whatever Rowan. else, yeah. and you say to yourself, wow, like I can say myself a lot of time if I just turn this shit off when Charlotte wins the title and then they and they show the pyro on the outside. Yep. Then you just imagine that they went to black and then going with and your day. Most of the feels a lot more fun when you get rid of those other fucking matches. Yes. Um, number two, Charlotte versus Sasha in, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, where, or excuse me, uh, yes, in the July 25th episode of Monday Night Raw, I think that is the show where, um, it is right after the brand split, and Sasha Banks wins the championship. For me, it seems like they didn't want to put all the Sasha and Charlotte matches on here um, that they could have because for me, the the real one is the street fight. And that one I think got our TV match of the year. And that one is where Charlotte or Ric Flair came out and hand the belt to Sasha. That was the real one. That is a street fight. No, the one in Charlotte is street fight. Right. This one is the July 25th one where Sasha won the belt off of Charlotte. Oh, so yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, all every single episode, every every single uh, July twenty fifth. Yeah. So is that the, is that the first episode of the of the brand split? Yes. Okay. Well, to be honest, honest with you, like all three of their matches where they train change the title to Sasha on Raw, all the matches are classics. Yep. So, you know. Yeah, they just pick one. They, so. I guess they chose that one because I. I think they chose that one because that is actually like the best episode of Raw ever. Like you got four like four star matches on that, or near four star matches on a three hour show on a, on a free TV. Like that's really WWE doesn't do no shit like that. Um, so I think that's my maybe why they put that on there. 
Uh, but yeah, like for me, I would put the Charlotte match on there, or the Charlotte North Carolina match on there. And number one, Bailey versus Sasha Banks at NXT Takeover Brooklyn. Um, famously, uh, four and a half stars from Dave Meltzer. Uh, also, Oscar and Ember Moon got four and a half stars. So take that however you want. Um, they, I think, I don't see an issue with this list. Like um, one thing I wanted to point out: Alexa Bliss is nowhere in fucking sight. She's trash. She she is not having great matches. She is not having good matches. She is not having critically acclaimed work um, being done inside the ring. Um, all her matches are the same. <laughs> they, they end with a fucking turnbuckle spot and someone getting DDT'd and you don't know it's the finish. Like, no. Where is Alexa Bliss, James? Any Any thoughts on this? For her to for her to have a fucking stranglehold um, on this championship and not be anywhere on this fucking list right here, not found, parts unknown, I mean, lost. You taking the words out my mouth? I, I mean, I have, I have nothing really to add. Like I'm just letting you go ahead and take off with it because, like, I I feel the exact same way. I have the same exact sentiment as you. Um, for her to be a four-time uh, women's champion and for her to literally lord over the Raw Women's title after uh, after everything has, been, has happened, like, I, I think that, like, yeah. Injustice. Like, it's cool that, like, it is, it is so funny to me because, like, given what, given how well, how much really good mic work she's done, like, legitimately good mic work, not just, like, yes, cute, like, legitimately good mic work she's done over the last, like, three, four weeks, uh-huh. like, She's looking more and more like the female Miz, and like we are, and like look, you love Miz, you love you some Miz so much, and so and I like Miz a lot too. But like, I would never want him to be an actual champion because he's a at the end of the day he's a fucking geek that talks shit with the belt, and this is exactly what and he and he can't and he's not really a person that can go out there in, in the ring and go out there and have uh, an AJ Styles type of uh, caliber match week in week or month in month out on pay per view like that. And that's and that's what the standard should be. But we lower the standard for Alexa, just like if you make Miz a champion, the main champion, you'll be lowering the standard. So you can deal with that however you want to. You can make it. I mean, like you like who you like, you don't like who you like, and that's how you want to justify it. But like that's. But me, I, in the words of Rance, I've been consistent throughout this whole thing. If you ain't good enough, your ass don't need to be with the top title. Leave it alone. But. That's where that's where we're at right now. So I'll let you answer that. I'll yeah. let you defend yourself. Yeah. So with with Miz, where I feel like it's different, we have years of quality promos. We have years of him hitting, punching above his weight class with these matches. We have the Dean Ambrose feud to point to. No, we have no, the no, Dolph Ziggler no, no, no. feud to point to. No, no, no. We don't have years. We have like one year of that. Okay. Well, look at this. We look at it like we this. Have Sorry? Well, look at it like this. The way WWE TV is right now, the amount of programming, one year is like three years, essentially. Like, in the old days. Like, (laughs) so, what I have with, with Miz and why it's different from Alexa, we put people with Miz to save their careers, essentially. Like, like, like... With Jason Jordan, you put him in there with Miz to see if he has anything. You put a, uh, a Seth Rollins and a Finn Balor in there with Miz to like make sure that what they're looked at, like what they're doing, is still somewhat important. 
you don't have like Alexa Bliss hosting a talk show that has literally been an integral part of WWE storytelling for the past five years, like with Miz TV. I feel like Miz, like and Alexa, like Miz just has so much more like depth than her. Like the only thing oh, that you can yeah, you I can agree. compare I is agree. like, hey, they're a chicken shit champion and they might not have exciting matches all the time. But I feel like Miz can step up. In, in class, um, way at a way higher uh, level than Alexa can. Like those matches just be I. Like Miz came out of here and had some classics on the low with Ziggler, with Ambrose, yeah. with Reigns. Yeah. Right. I think the thing is, I think the thing is, like they don't. They, I don't think they've given her the kind of stuff that that Miz has been able to get as far as like one one. Let's get it, let's let's get it totally right. Miz is more talented than Alexa, right? I'm, oh, not, yeah. I'm not saying that they're. I'm not saying they're exactly the same thing. I'm saying that like they're in the same form of chicken shit person that cheats a whole, and lords over a title. I'm over that shit in 2018. Like you didn't do this when you were in the top of like when uh, WWE historically has been a territory and a, and a rust promotion that has had. Uh, Huge successes on the backs of the baby faces. I don't need you to reverse course and like beat me the fuck down for years. Maybe stop watching television with Triple H lording over the fucking title with uh, <laughs> uh, Jinder Mahal for six months, cr- cratering your SmackDown, um, your SmackDown rating by being champion, by not deserve, by being the chicken shit they don't deserve it. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just. Like unless you're as good as Miz, like I don't really want, I really don't want to see somebody like do, with, with that stick. Right. Um, but anyway, I think that. For me personally, with Alexa, when Alexa was doing this stuff, like she was not actually displaying like that level of mic skill until the last like three, three, four weeks. Like she was out there being saying cute stuff and showed that she had a command of being able to speak in front of the crowd. Like she was a lot more, she was a lot closer to the drifter as far as the command on the mic than by cutting cute shit as opposed to stuff that's actually truly memorable and stuff that you think like, damn, that takes some real talent to do. Uh, when I mean drifter, I don't mean the guitar playing. Like that does take time. I'm talking about like the mic stuff and be able to write the lyrics out to to yeah. say, sing those songs. Like that's not really that don't really impress me. Um, what Alexa did um, after the Oscar match with uh, with Naya, where she puts basically tell like, as a narrates like the reason why you should like Naya. I thought it was excellent. Like when she came out there and, and talked all that shit about like yeah. I told her I loved her, and I'm a, and we gonna beat her up if she don't if she don't do what we tell her. I could try, I, you know, and I control her, and then called her, you know, all types of big and kind of stuff. Like yeah. I thought that was great work. I, like she's completely fucking detestable. Um, and she finally displayed all the stuff people were saying about like why she is so, why she deserves, or why she should be given a spot that she has. Before then, I was just saying like she cuts cute promos and her matches are mediocre. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, that's what's my line. Like, like it, it's just been Sasha Banks outperforming her for a year. Miz, Miz <laughs> from time to time, once or twice, or twice or, or twice a year, will go out there and give you a four star caliber match. Absolutely. But Miz also, you got to keep in mind, Miz has been doing this for how long now? Um, uh, he's been in WWE since like '06. Wow, longer than a decade. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe you know in. Maybe maybe Alexa eventually gets there in you know five years whatever I don't know but uh, that's the issue with all this stuff like stop picking stop picking girls that don't that don't have a wrestling background. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting, man, because I mean we saw Sasha Banks all over that top ten list, 
and all they do is just 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 take the belt from her and, and not let her be champion yeah. and and not let her be is yeah. they literally she's done almost all that stuff on the wrong with the wrong character alignment like it, it, do y'all want to just go ahead and just fall into this natural you know money making shit or y'all want to keep playing with it yeah. and i think they want to keep playing with it at yeah. this point yeah yeah, and, and, and that's the weird thing is, um, you know, when we were just talking earlier about how they like they've been teasing the the Sasha and the Bailey breakup for for so long, and are they ever going to do it? And we always thought, like, especially after Royal Rumble, that like this whole thing is like a set up for Sasha to turn and so she can finally become what she always could have been, even when you saw it on NXT, which is like this gigantic, uh, you know, great heel um, that you want to see every single week. And I don't know, man. Like, what do you think about this right now? Do you think they're going to be putting the um the the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal? I feel like that's where they're going to be. I don't think they're going to end up with a solo spotlight just because I, right now it looks like there are fourteen matches on the book, and that if you don't include uh, Sasha and Bailey on there, and right, I, I think if you make it to where those are the final two and they get a mini match inside of that, maybe that's enough. And then maybe Sasha cheats to win and then you're off to the races from there. I could live with it. Um, yeah, but I'm kind of trying to figure out, like, how do you cheat in a, how do you cheat in a battle royal? Well, she would have to... Without, use, like, grabbing a weapon from outside the ring. She would have to use some type of underhanded tactic. Like, she had to, like, rake the eyes. She will have to... Use brass knucks, fuck it, like something, like to basically like incapacitate Bailey and just throw her over the top rope, or like I don't know. I think we need that mini match in there though, like that's that is the key. Um, that's how I would get around them not being scheduled for an official match. The whole uh, entire um, WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. This is the Sasha Banks versus Charlotte match, and all of y'all are, are window dressing in here. Or excuse me, the Sasha Banks versus Bailey uh, WrestleMania match. All y'all window dressing, cool. We'll have y'all around. We'll get you. We'll shine a light on you uh, um, this way. And then, you know, at the end when the smoke is clear, it comes down to Sasha Banks and Bailey. And then the crowd's like, "Oh shit, they gave us the match anyway." Like, hey, I got a question. Yeah, yeah, I got a question. And you know, like. You know, because of the battle royale, they're gonna if they're gonna try to make it good because the first one ever, which I, I I would hope they do, like try to make every match good. Um, but then again, I watched the 2015. Uh, I heard the review for the 2015 Royal Rumble from uh, Brian uh, from Brian and uh, Lawler uh, the other day, and like uh, it's even worse now. Somehow, like the match gets worse every single year. Bro, it's every worse, time anyone talks about reviewing that match, it gets worse every year. But um, if they actually wanted ago. to, uh, you know, showcase some of this stuff and make it like, you know, kind of similar to a Royal Rumble as far as having things to pop you besides, besides just watching like a whole bunch of like uh, humanity inside the ring, then like, do they have to do they have to like find a way to get uh, Paige into the ring without taking any bumps or anything and like do a and do a. a an absolution versus riot squad and they're the shield in the whites <laughs> oh shit or are, are, are both squads not over enough for that fuck no hey they ain't they ain't close over enough <laughs> they, they ain't close over enough for, for none of that um like ruby riot and Paige be looking at each other like it's a mirror match uh like like all that alt stuff like that's you know that that's their wrestlemania moment right there i guess that's terrible <laughs> but um 
Yeah, man. I, I think it needs to break down to where it ends up as a Sasha versus Bailey thing, and they end up essentially thrilling the crowd for like five to seven minutes until someone's eliminated and someone feels a certain type of way about it. Hell, you could even have Bailey win, and then you have Sasha Banks act like she's congratulating her, and then the turn happens and really get it popping in these streets. But, you know, and have her bust the trophy over Bailey's cool. head. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Boom. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I'd be, I'd be a hundred percent in on that. If like you have Bailey be able to like to be basically a player again and chase after uh, a heel that did her wrong. Like, I, I would love that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, last thing I want to talk about was Braun Strowman. Um, essentially Braun Strowman and these hands, uh, competing for the tag team championships, uh, winning the tag team battle world, drawing a number in the process, doing it, and like this is Strowman's position now in the um, the WrestleMania uh, thing. Is this like okay? Could have done better, obviously. He yeah. could have been, you know, in the main event. Look, but, there's a big difference um, on his check too. Yeah. I mean, it's a cute thing to keep him away from the title and to, you know, keep him away from actually both top individual men titles. So, um, cool. I would love to see, I would love to see what team's going to beat him for, for those belts. <laughs> like, they're going to have to call it the authors of pain. Like, they're going to have to beat that man. Now, so I've seen some people float a theory out that maybe Elias will be inserted with Braun Strowman to challenge uh, Cesaro and Sheamus for these belts. Personally, I don't think they need it. Like, with, you know, I don't think they need to muddy up Strowman with none of that, like, guitar stuff and all that because, like, Elias will do nothing but cause confusion for Strowman. Um, I think. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I'm here. So, um,. If you if you were Elias, will you be anywhere in the vicinity around Braun Strowman after that man to whoop your ass twice like that? Fuck no, because I wouldn't. Fuck no, like I ain't trying. They, to... They will have to. They nah. have to explain that. They, they have to explain a lot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, Strowman could have been in the main event. He it was the guy everyone wanted to see whoop Lesnar. Um, this is better than putting a, a singles title on him, I think, because you don't have to do necessarily the shenanigans that you might ha- have to do to get that belt off of him with the tag team titles. You could eventually force him to get a partner and then they lose and everything like that. And the tag team title essentially will become the Braun Strowman championship, like not necessarily the tag team championship, like how uh, Kenny Omega, I was saying, it's not the, the IWGP US title. This is the Kenny Omega heavyweight championship of the world. That's pretty much what the Braun Strowman, uh, the, the Braun Strowman in these hands tag team championship will be like, it's, it's literally like, you know, if you, if you don't want to go anywhere else with the bar and you want to like break them up eventually or send them to SmackDown, you don't have a tag team on the horizon on Raw right now, seeing as how the Revival are, are buried 60 feet deep under the red clay um, <laughs> right now. And who else is on Raw? The club? Hey. <laughs> Bruh, uh, I, like, you talking about uh, the Revival's burial. The, bur- the Revival is out here buried next to uh, Eric Killmonger's ancestors. Unbelievable. <laughs> 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 
So check this out. Speaking of Killmonger, right? Bro, someone created Killmonger in the uh, WWE 2K18 in the store. <laughs> Bro, I, I, I downloaded that man and started squashing people immediately with Killmonger. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But, yeah, so... um, What's his finish? Uh, I think they gave him a Sister Abigail. So, I don't know. But he has another... Uh, I think he has another move. I don't remember. I have to check it out, but um, I'll probably go in there and edit his moveset and do one of these gameplay videos, Killmonger versus whoever. So whoever y'all want to see me whoop with Killmonger, uh, let let me know. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up. Have him whoop Vince. Have him whoop I Mr. think McMahon. Vince is in the game. Yes, I think Vince is in the game. So I'll, I'll do Killmonger and Vince whoop McMahon and, and whoop that ass. I'll do Shane McMahon, all that stuff. So... Uh, anybody that you got a problem with, we're gonna, we gonna send Killmonger in there with them to let them handle it. So, but, uh, that's. Hey, they, they come out here with this American badass taker that wants to talk about, like, motherfuckers should stand for the pledge, whoop his ass too. <laughs> yeah, bro. That, that, that American badass Undertaker take on a whole new meaning in 2018. We didn't even talk about that. Especially with, uh, Kid Rock going in the Hall of Fame yeah. and the Undertaker and. A lot of people in these streets right now, James, is asking for it, for this American badass Undertaker, because they want to see it. What do you think about this? Well, he's been, like, apparently, like, there's word that he's been, like, talking about that, about, like, you know, about bigging up the national, or the, um, the, the, um, the national anthem and all that other stuff during the Kaepernick thing. So, like, come back American badass, that's kind of like, you know, him falling into that, you know, he, so I was like, yeah, go ahead and, you know, get the video game, make Eric Hill on and whoop and whoop the American badass's ass. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, in that case, I'm going for John Cena. Uh, you know, even though John Cena got the American <laughs> flag uh, tatted on his or on his jeans, if I'm not, if look, I'm not mistaken. This, look, this is like rooting. This is like between American badass Undertaker and John Cena. This is like rooting against which NFL team is less liberal. Like, <laughs> nah, bro, they both bad. <laughs> like, oh, you may as well just not even watch the sport, then If you talk about that, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's going. That's pretty much going to wrap up the show, man. Uh, we we going through all the topics. Had a great time today. Um, we we lost uh, the video halfway through. Uh, if you guys are watching the video version, we do have a part two of it that we started back up. So I'm going to try to compile some of these clips and publish them on the YouTube channel in the coming weeks. I'll be, have it up cleaned up a little bit more. But make sure you guys listen to the rest of the lineup on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. The SMC Podcast will be returning soon. Uh, Ricky and Clive always doing great work out of Scotland as well is keeping it strong style the ace of podcasts who have been just all over the new japan coverage as of late uh i believe they're deep in the middle of their new japan cup coverage so if you're following that those guys will have great things to talk about on the tournament uh james you got anything you want to talk about before we get up out of here not too much not too much uh i think let's see uh do you want to talk about the social suplex shirts uh sure what you got in mind? Yeah, I mean, what are we char- What are we selling them for? So, uh, are you sure? I, I don't think we've determined that yet, but we did come up with a 
uh, another design. We were talking about it last night uh, for the Wrestling Square Circle for all our members. Like, it was going to be like wrestling and then a literal square and a literal circle. And then with some suplex underneath, something like that we're going to try to come up with for the members of that group uh, when pricing probably will come out at a later date. Um, so, yeah, we, we had a couple, couple of things we were talking about. If you guys are interested in these social suplex shirts that I'm wearing, though, make sure you contact Jeremy Donovan, and he will give you the details on how you can acquire one. And then we would love for you to wear one around and take pictures and uh, just help us grow the brand, um, as we say. But that's going to wrap it up for me and James. We are up out of here. Peace. Later. Thank you for listening to One Nation Radio. We'll see you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.